Hello, my name's Peter Hellier. I'm the creator of It's a Date, and welcome to the It's a Date podcast uh, for episode seven. This is part one. This is the bit you can listen to before you watch episode seven, which is all about should you have sex on a first date. And joining me is the star of this episode uh, and the co-writer also of this episode. You would have heard him in the background on radios along the way throughout the series. He plays the pig. His name in real life, though, is Lawrence Mooney. Welcome, Lawrence. Thank you very much, Peter. And um, it's been an exciting thing to be a part of. I'm looking forward to actually seeing episode seven on the telly. You have you have watched the episode in the, the privacy of your own home? I have, but it's a bit different when you make a date with the television and there's you know all the stuff that surrounds it. There's the station IDs and then the preview of what's coming up and then the show starts and it's couched in a lot more. It feels more important. It feels completely different, I must say. I, I mean, I've seen each episode many, many times now, both through just the editing and and, and, and uh, the grading and the, the post-production. And I've watched each episode probably about a half a dozen to a dozen times just for fun, just because I still enjoy uh, the episodes. Um, but there is something different about when it goes to where you know that mm. everyone's, well, not everyone, but people, are, it's out there now. Um, there's no changing, there's no going back. And you're part of, a, yeah, you're part of a wider audience. Yeah. Something's happening concurrently. Yeah. in uh, up to a million other homes around the country. Absolutely. Because it's been rating very well. We've been stunned by the, uh, the response and, um, and uh, we're very excited that only... Well, this is the, the penultimate episode. Um, Interesting question posed in this episode is, should you have sex on the first date? Personally speaking, yep. of course. <laughs> of course. It's not even a question. No. Uh, you think it should be a statement? Yeah, why would you not? <laughs> Um, but in this episode, it's very interesting. In the story that I'm in, there's a little bit of a twist in the tail. We, we really did try with each of the questions to really come in from a point of view or an angle that you wouldn't expect. And I think this particular episode does that better than any of the other episodes as far as coming from two different points of view where you, you know, it, it's, it's not the easy way. Uh, I think the easy way when you pose that question is creatively you would think all right you end up having two people have sex and the sex is bad or something terrible goes wrong but in both stories one set with the pig meeting an ardent fan and one set in a uh, an old people's home yeah they're both really environmental discussions yes Yes. About sex. Yeah. And so the sex isn't key. Yeah. It's about the relationship. Absolutely. And and I, I mean, I think you're right. The easy way to, to do this date would have been to have two 25-year-olds or 18-year-olds go on a date and, and be on a bed kind of going, oh, should we have sex? You know, like having a, and having that discussion, which, you know, there, there'll be comedic value and, and, and uh, pathos in, in, in that moment. But I, I really like how we've gone about uh, this episode. So starring this episode alongside yourself... Um, playing the ardent fan who rings uh, the the radio station which we've had a lot of fun with maybe we should chat about the radio station Thunder FM well we both came from an FM background mm. we'd done breakfast and you'd done also done drive we'd been through the vicissitudes yep. of commercial radio and we'd met people like the pig along yep. the way yeah and there's some 
people that out there that have been doing radio for a long time, they're good at it. Uh, they're rusted on and the fans love them. And the pig is one of these guys. It was a really interesting character to play because he's quite a vulnerable man. Because yeah. outside his world of radio, you know, he's not easily recognised as radio people aren't. Yeah. So he doesn't enjoy that celebrity. Part of the backstory was was that you had tried, the pig had tried some TV vehicles, but they hadn't, mm. they hadn't uh, caught on like his radio career had. Yeah. And so he's, like we know, there's big money in FM radio, so he's privileged, um, he's flawed, he's, uh, if not an addict, then he's a user user of illicit substances, mm. and he's lonely. And so when a fan says, I'd like to meet you, he leaps at the opportunity, because he sees it as an opportunity for sex, but for him, I think there's a deeper yearning unbeknownst to himself, and that is, he wants to be loved. Yeah, and what, and what I like about the character that I think we wrote and you certainly, you added to, is we could have, because we've both come from radio experiences, that not all of them have been amazing experiences. We, we're not, like, we're not necessarily, I don't, it feels like we're not really having a go at FM, like we, FM radio. Like, this is uh, a character who, like you said, he's really good at his job, mm. you know? Um, there is maybe a little bit of, you know, um, maybe it's a little bit of a piss take but it's I think it's done with affection you know that, that there are people who uh, love radio uh, who are good at it um, and who are you know can be sympathetic he's a he's a stereotype to an extent but mm. that's only because commercial radio is proliferated with stereotypes yeah and we, so to reflect that he has got a little bit of that over the top jock laughy thing going on on air yeah one thought per break is the uh, is the mantra of many uh, you know uh, commercial radio program mm. director so I think we play it pretty well in terms of having that inside knowledge yeah because often in radio and you only get a real snapshot of Thunder FM there's that one massive personality and then there's a whole lot of minions who are facilitating the show Tommy Little who yep. is enjoying a lot of fame with a league of their own and This Week Live he plays the guy who's the panellist. Simon, yes. Uh, and Rebecca Jo Hannabury. Yes. Uh, Beck plays my offsider, Twatsy. <laughs> I cannot tell you, because the, the idea, of, like the idea before, I think even before we had you in mind, although you, I think on the same day, in the same within the same few minutes, we, we couldn't think of anyone else to play the pig, or anyone who could play it as well as you could. Uh, you just came into our head straight away. Um, it was When we did the pilot, myself and Ryan Shelton, we, I think there was a discussion or it was going to be on the radio and we came up with this idea of Twatsy and the pig and we just laughed so much that Twatsy had to be a woman like and it was just like this name that had been put upon her and we I think later on we developed the backstory it might have been with you uh, when you came on to write it that her name is probably like Tessa Watson or something like that yes. <laughs> and, and that's, some how program, and that's how Twatsy's come about <laughs> so T Watson T Watson yeah, yeah. so um but we, geez, we laughed so hard at the idea of oink calls, like, um, j- during the pile. And then again, when you came on and actually added the oink, uh, and would often do that. <laughs> the kind of razorback squeal. Yeah. And we, sh- we shot these, uh, bits of information, we shot these in the Triple M studios, mm. which were the studios that I, I had with Myth Warhurst, which is the last time I did breakfast radio. Now, uh, did you ever do prank calls? On that show? We did. We did. And funnily enough, we did some... 
What did you the call overseas. your prankles? There was they were so intermittent. There was no right. they weren't branded. It was just like for the super when the Super Bowl was on in the states. I rang houses around like in in the city where one of the teams were playing and pretended to be from the electricity company and told them the power was about to go out for the next couple of hours. Did you play an African American? No, never. I was a very much a Caucasian American. <laughs> right. <laughs> very much so. I was a very I was very white because prank calls have got a long tradition of playing racial stereotypes as well and the pig has got uh, a huge suite oh, he's got his his asian pat my cock pat my cock uh he's got his his gay yeah. um uh, stereotype me. uh he's got he's an italian stereotype mario the motor mechanic for morty alec yeah i think he's uh, uh a drunk like blonde socialite yeah uh, who we don't actually hear but that we had a name we had a name for her She's Miranda, somebody, or was it based on that, like a like, like gangster mole? Yeah, or I think it was yeah. based on um, oh, <laughs> it was, Mrs. Moran. It was Judy Moron, I think, yeah. was the name we gave. Right. Yeah. yeah, but you never hear Judy Moron. But there's a great, and there's a biker. Oh, that, that was Giovanna Fismi, the gay yeah, biker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a leather man. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of the, my favorite days of the whole shoot it was actually when, whilst we were shooting uh, one of next week's dates with. Ross Noble and Ian Smith at a bowling alley. We got you to come in to shoot the the, the these images that you kind of see in the background for Thunder FM. And um, we might uh, I'm going to try to tweet that the uh, picture in a week of the Thunder FM um, imagery. And I've got it, that Thunder FM poster at home. Yes, I, I have one in my office as well. <laughs> and it's a great poster. It yeah. looks fabulous, and it looks so real, yes. like a, a, a real FM poster. Yeah. The uh, the pig is heavily tanned or maybe wearing fake tan. Mm. Um, he's a man that's got an outrageous wardrobe yep. that features, you know, Ed Hardy-type T-shirts <laughs> and heavily applique denim jackets. The jacket was a masterpiece, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, well done to uh, Sandy and, and, and Neve, our wardrobe people. For, uh, they were very Sandy proud. Sandy Ciccello is wonderful i've worked with her yeah. on wardrobe um in cane and disabled i remember i remember the which was a, for those who haven't seen cane and disabled very very funny uh, series uh, uh like a, a talk show little series you did for the paralympics yeah they were little interstitials for yeah. abc2 before last year's paralympics but i remember when sandy came in with the pig's jacket mm. and i haven't seen that much excitement over a wardrobe since when i worked on my movie i love you too and peter dinklage's tuxedo came right and before even Pete was on set, so it was like, oh, he's kind of already here. It's his tuxedo, Woo! you know. <laughs> yeah. there, was a, there was a buzz around set. So the pig's uh, jacket is in is in good company. It just goes to show you that we are actually just carnies, actors <laughs> and performers, aren't we? Yeah, we get excited at the the you know the wardrobe <laughs> and the jewelry and oh look at his makeup. Yeah. So we do love playing, you know, playing roles. One big thing we should mention about this uh, episode, and I know that you will never forget shooting this particular episode of It's a Date because uh, a massive thing happened was happening off camera mm. uh, during this, and this was a la- this was the last date we shot. So this is right at the end, and I remember thinking, uh, and, and I we had to arrange rearrange the schedule because mm. I was going to a breastfeeding class. Mm. And we had to cancel a night shoot. Mm. We were going to do an external in the car park. 
Yeah, so that, a lot of that stuff... The scene was going to finish, so that happens inside the hotel. Yeah, it happens. It was kind of spread over happening. The conversation you had with Sam at the pokies was going to happen outside, and then she was going to jump in the car, and you're going to be left with Brenda to have that last little exchange, and that happens uh, in the... Uh, what is kind of set up like there was going to be a comedy night on there. In fact, uh, a little detail, if you if you look at... Um, in the background on the, on the sandwich board you might see a reference to uh, a character who's been through the series we'll go for that of course we don't want to give too much information so um, uh, we might talk a bit more about that uh, but what was basically happening was you um, uh, were about to become a father for the second time that's right uh, as we finished shooting on that final day down at the Altona RSL, sports club sports yeah. club all done all finished I rang my wife and said how are you going she said I'm in labour so it was perfect <laughs> scheduling yeah I had my makeup off I was getting in the car and I said I'm coming home and uh, earlier the following morning Maggie Olive Constance Mooney was born oh uh, lovely Maggie and, and she's going great and uh, Maggie after Magpie uh, Maggie after Magpie absolutely um, we are she's got her sleeves tattooed on her already <laughs> so <laughs> well surely she can't be an Essence supporter not this year um, well, so, she's, she's, she's not taking any supplements. She's, <laughs> she, well, she is taking colostrum, so that actually <laughs> right. from her mother. So before we just move on quickly to the other date, uh, we can just uh, talk about before we come back and talk more after we allow everyone to watch the episode. Uh, so we've got Rebecca Jo Henry as, um, as Twatsy and Tommy Little uh, as Simon. Rounding out the team, we see a character we've already seen before uh, by Sibylla Budd, Imogen, who we saw on a date earlier in the series. Mm-hmm. It's one of the... The most clear reprisal of a character in the uh, in the in the series. Celia Pacola plays uh, uh, her offside. I'm not sure if you see. You might not see Celia in this episode, but she's. You do see her in the episode. You do see her, yeah. Yeah, because they're having a chat at their computers before Sibylla gets up and goes into the studio. Right there, you go. Uh, Steel Saunders, uh, a comic, uh, very, a very funny man. Uh, he plays the, the fan, um, and he does a great podcast called I Love Green Guide Letters, which uh, I did uh, just the other day, actually. And uh, I've scribbled some names down here, and there's one that I can't quite make out. On the other side of the date, uh, we is uh, Ron Jacobson and Jackie Callagher, two wonderful actors. And they are in an old people's home. Yep. And they uh, decide to go out on a date, and so they d- have fine dining, but inside the complex in which they live. Yeah. And then it begs the question, I guess, about, you know, all the discussion really is about your sex life and, and desire, and does it ever finish? And, yeah. And at the other end of the scale, there's probably just as much fear and nerves surrounding the sex life of older people as when you start off on your sex life. Absolutely. So it doesn't get any easier. No. It, well, it reaches a peak around about your mid-twenties, and then it's just fumbling around from then on. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, also uh, on that, um, on this uh, on this episode, we have Joel Creasy, great young comic. Uh, he's been at it for a few years now, and he's um, he plays... Uh, oh, he's at reception. 
He's the um, receptionist, yes. He's kind of fanning the flames of the desire. Yes. Um, the, it's the woman pursuing the man here. Which because is, the man has put his cue in the rack. Which, yeah, I think that's a nice touch. Uh, yeah, Jackie does a beautiful job. Yeah, yeah she does. she's a beautiful looking woman and she's got great grace and poise. And she actually plays an actress who was once a Shakespearean actress. And Kevin plays an old boxer. And he was, in fact, a boxer. And just... yeah. Has been Ron, an extension, Ron, uh, Ron rather, yeah. Kevin Jacobson, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ron, um, and this is something that you came up with, Peter, where the actors came in, worked with us writers. Yeah, the actors came in and before. And spoke about their own lives. Yeah. And so we incorporated details. And this is one of the ones where we were quite direct because we just thought, well, this is amazing. Like, this is Ron's yeah. an old boxer. Uh, Jackie's an old uh, Shakespearean actress. You know, they both kind of had this parallel life in a way where they've, you know, they may have even kind of crossed paths. We kind of thought, you know, mm. um, uh, and they've, they've been part of, in a way, traveling well, carnies, if you like, yeah. that, and that's referred to in the uh, in the episode. Uh, Joy Westmore and Brenda Palmer and Terry Gill. Uh, Terry are, Gill is fabulous. Great Collingwood man as well. We chatted a lot about the pies uh, on set, and he's he's so he's in the uh, the motorized scooter. Uh, serving up the soup, and uh, Joy and Brenda are in the room. I really, like, you know, I remember shooting that scene, and because uh, I, I did direct this episode, this is the second one I directed. There, I only did the two, and uh, when we had Jackie and Joy and Brenda in the room, just you know, kind of chatting, I really something about it really made me happy. I really mm. liked it, and also my nieces uh, appear um, at the end. They're my nieces, uh, Olivia and Ali. And I didn't realise how much they got paid. Oh, jeez, they did all right. They, they, um, and they appear uh, with a good friend of mine, Sandra Robinson. Sandra Robinson, exactly. Who she's, is uh, a great actress and a wonderful person. Yes, um, she's fantastic. We're very happy to have Sansa on. And sitting down, in when Sansa actually comes through with the, uh, my nieces, uh, sitting down reading the paper is my dad, as a little note. Um, oh. And also Bridge is... Man in, with paper. Man with paper. Bridge is also, my wife is, in the, her voice is in this episode, where when you uh, the pig rocks up, uh, there's a prank call, and we see the pig's car, and uh, there's a, the, the tail end of a, a prank call by Pat Marcock, and that's, uh, we rang my wife with, I think without telling her, just to, and, mm. and, and you, uh, you basically pranked her with that, um, with that uh, character. So, Listen, enjoy the episode. Um, it's a great ep, and it's um, very touching. I, I, yeah, it's a, and it's I'm not, you know, you might embarrass you, but it's a great performance by you, Loz. Uh, oh, we'll thanks, talk more about it when we come back. Should you have sex on the first date, starring Lawrence Mooney, Sophie Cussworth, uh, somebody else who we will mention obviously plays a big part in this role is Sally Ann Upton. We'll speak more about Sally uh, on, on in the second half. And Ron Jacobson, Jackie Callagher. Uh, I directed this episode. Kit Warhurst did the score, and uh, enjoy. And uh, the part two will be available after the series goes to air Thursday night, ABC One. Mm-hmm.